Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get an update from the Canadian Food Grains Bank. And up first in today's country comment, I'll chat with the Executive Director of the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Duncan Morrison. He's the executive director with the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. He talked about a first-time applicant to the Assiniboine West Watershed District Cover Crop Project. We're into phase three of this project, actually, that just kicked off. And uh, we very much, uh, MFJ is leading the soil health project, which is essentially a cover crop project in three watershed districts. Uh, Assiniboine West, which is far west in around the Verdon area. Um, Central Assiniboine, which is kind of in the Brandon and south south uh, to Balder, and also with the Soros River watershed, which is below the Assiniboine West and mostly in that uh, Reston, uh, Reston type area. So, yeah, it's kind of with the three watersheds that are in southwest Manitoba, and we've had great success. Um, each of the watersheds are tasked with a certain amount of cover crop acreages, and uh, we recently had a young fella come forward, a young farmer, farms with uh, his mom and dad in western Manitoba and is speaking glowingly about our project. So we thought, uh, yeah, we'd like to get his messages out there. Yeah, I guess talk a little bit about, you know, what's going on there and, and how a project like that uh, can help, uh, you know, in a, in a wet year. Well, what made this really interesting is uh, the young, young fella's name is Bray Rooks. He's 20 years old. He lives with his mom and dad. Um, in Manson, Manitoba, his parents, Mike and Leanne Rooks. And this is their family's first major jump into cover cropping. And they couldn't have done it or wouldn't have done it. Maybe that's a better word. I'm sure they could have. I'm, you know, I'm not aware of what they're enabled to do, but they, they probably would not have considered it as heavily without the opportunity of programs offered through um, the, the watershed district. And in this case, the Conservation Trust, which is uh, uh, supported by uh, Manitoba's Climate and Green Plan Initiative and delivered by Manitoba Habitat Heritage Corporation. So um, the MMFJ applied to the Conservation Trust to get this uh, soil health project, and uh, and its exact purpose is to draw in people such as the Rooks and especially um, such energetic uh, champions as uh, Bray Rooks. Anything else you wanted to highlight from this particular project? Um, just that I think that um, there's a lot of information out there about um, soil health, and increasingly cover crops are becoming more and more. We're fortunate to have a lot of um, excellent seed dealers, uh, you know, um, that bring expertise around, you know, what might be the best mix for your for your land. And there's a ton of farmer knowledge out there as well. And the watershed districts do a really good job of working with the seed companies, getting the right mixes, and working with the producers to make sure that the mix is right for their fields. So that is also parlayed into, this is with the Conservation Trust, that as people might know, the um, On-Farm Climate Action Fund through Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada is also opening up applications uh, this week in the various watersheds. Some are a little ahead of the others, but I really stress to producers that if you're interested in cover crops, if you're interested in rotational grazing, or if you're interested in nutrient management, that you contact your watershed district directly and uh, make sure you get in touch and let them know about your farm and let them know your interest in the program because uh, recently the Ag, um, AFC recently made a significant amount of money available through Manitoba Association of Watersheds to, um, to look at these three BMPs on farms. 
And to me, it's the single largest uh, money availability to producers to put in BMPs on their land. So watersheds are leading it in Manitoba and Saskatchewan. Get in touch with your watershed districts as soon as possible and find out how you can get your farm to fit into this program because there's a significant amount of funding for farmers. That was Duncan Morrison, Executive Director with the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. It could be a couple of weeks yet before we see any spring cereal harvest here in Manitoba. Some early barley has come off in the past few days. Justine Cornelson is Agronomic and Regulatory Services Manager with Brett Young. Cereals were looking nice. Um, if they weren't underwater this spring, um, like I said, they, they were looking really nice. Uh, some of the early yields um, are, are okay, right? Obviously variable depending where at, but some of those winter cereals are coming up at that 90 bushels an acre mark. There's still a lot of green uh, material within the cereal crop, so they are going to take a little bit of, a little bit of time. Um, I know a lot of those fall cereals are, are starting to come off, and now it's just kind of playing the humidity and the rain and, and making sure that you can actually get in there and, and work with those crops. And the Canadian Cattle Association is hosting its semi-annual meeting this week in Penticton, British Columbia. The event brings together producers and industry representatives for networking, information sessions, and policy setting. CCA officer Tyler Fulton says there are a number of key issues domestically to deal with, as well as concerns around foreign trade. We have um, concerns over the, the CETA agreement. Um, that's the agreement with Europe on shipping um, beef there. Um, kind of related to that is, is uh, a possible new agreement that we may, that we may see in the, in the coming months or years in, uh, with, with the UK and ensuring that we have reciprocity and trade there. And really, um, really a focus on, on not a lot of trade barriers. The CCA semi-annual meeting wraps up tomorrow. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Knute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Ag Wire for Thursday, August 18th. I'm Corey Knute. Coming up today, we'll get an update from the Canadian Food Grains Bank. The Canadian Food Grains Bank has joined other Canadian aid organizations in asking the Government of Canada to immediately remove barriers that have blocked and deterred the provision of life-saving humanitarian assistance to people in Afghanistan for the past year. I caught up with Paul Hagerman. He's Director of Public Policy at the Canadian Food Grains Bank. I think most people know that it's a year now since the U.S. pulled out and there was a rapid change of government, Taliban has taken over, and in that time, the... Uh, the economy has really deteriorated, so many people have lost jobs. A lot of people have had to spend their savings. They've had to sell their household possessions just to get food, pull kids out of school, etc. And somewhere over 20 million people are actually in need of humanitarian assistance. So we have been trying to help. I mean, we have partners who've been working in Afghanistan for a long time. And uh, so we would like to be able to provide support, but we can't just because of uh, restrictions put in place by the Canadian government. Talk a little bit more about that, some of the challenges with with helping um, in that part of the world. Okay, so Canada's criminal code says that, um, that, that nobody should give any money to help terrorist organizations. Makes perfect sense. However, in this case, the de facto government of Afghanistan is the Taliban, which is recognized as a terrorist organization, if we do any kind of aid, send any kind of aid to the country, then 
then the local organization is going to have to pay taxes. Some of that's going to go to the Taliban. So that's essentially what's preventing us from working there. We have asked the Canadian government, can you promise us that we won't be prosecuted uh, if we send aid to Afghanistan? And they say, no, we can't promise you that. So it would really be putting our organizations on the line if we did try to do work there. Um, the UN has passed a resolution that said, notwithstanding these, these uh, anti-terror legislations in a variety of countries, humanitarian aid should be allowed, and many countries have made exceptions. So the US, the UK, Germany, Australia, they have all uh, put exceptions in place so that um, aid agencies can send aid to Afghanistan. But Canada has not. So what we're trying to do now is pressure Canada to put an exemption like that in place. And Paul, um, talk a little bit more about that campaign, you know, what, what you're trying to do to, to change that. Okay, so over the last 12 months, uh, a number of Food Grains Bank and a number of other organizations have been meeting uh, with people in government um, just to try to put pressure on and say, can you change this legislation? And every one of them says, yes, we're working on this. Uh, leave it with us. We'll, we'll get on this. But it's been 12 months and nothing's happened. And so we've decided that it's time to go public and just um, ask Canadians, is this something that you are, uh, would support? And if so, then please tell your member of parliament that uh, we'd like to see some action here. So we have set up a dedicated website called aidforafghanistan.ca. And if people go to that website, they can uh, send a letter to their member of parliament and then it'll be copied to relevant ministers. Um, part of the challenge here is that there is no single cabinet minister that can make this change. Uh, there's four ministers involved. It's the Minister of International Development, Minister of Foreign Affairs, Minister of Justice, Minister of Public Safety. So the, the change would um, take action by all of them. And so when people send a letter to their own MP, then it's copied to all of those ministers as well as the prime minister. And um, just on that website now, and it uh, looks like the, uh, there's a goal of uh, 10,000, um, I guess, emails. The total is about halfway there, I guess. Any, any words for Canadians, you know, just to, just to encourage them on this? Or? Well, we're very pleased with the response. Uh, this campaign just launched uh, last uh, Wednesday, the 10th. So that's, uh, it's, it's only a week. And we've had over 5,000 people send letters to their MPs so far. Clearly, there's strong interest in this. We would love to be able to get to 10,000 by the end of this week or early next week. We know from conversations with people in government that they're feeling the pressure and that they feel that they need to do something, but we need to keep the pressure up. That was Paul Hagerman, Director of Public Policy at the Canadian Food Grains Bank. The Canadian Food Grains Bank has joined other Canadian aid organizations in asking the Government of Canada to immediately remove barriers that have blocked and deterred the provision of life-saving humanitarian assistance to the people in Afghanistan. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Roland 4-H Museum is open this month. Hours are 1 to 4 p.m. RSK Farms is hosting a Manitoba Herefords Field Day this Saturday, August 20th. Located five miles north of Douglas, Manitoba, show starts at 1 p.m. Canadian Wildlife Federation is offering a webinar on Canada's 10 most invasive plants. That'll take place August 30th from noon until 1. You can register on the Canadian Wildlife Federation website. 
Fall on the Farm takes place September 5th at the Mennonite Heritage Village in Steinbach. The Cultivate Sustainability Conference and Trade Show is planned for September 7th at the RBC Convention Centre in Winnipeg. And looking ahead, Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is hosting its 5th Annual Regenerative Agriculture Conference November 14th and 15th in Brandon. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, RSK Farms is hosting a Manitoba Herefords Field Day this Saturday, 5 miles north of Douglas. Here to tell us more is owner Andrew Kopichuk. Every year, Manitoba Hereford Association um, kind of hosts a, uh, a field day. Um, it, it's it's put on, you know, a, a breeder to, to, you know, take the reins and, and actually do the hosting of it every year. Um, so it goes around to different breeders every year. Um, this year, uh, we have it. Um, and, uh, yeah. So we're, we've got about 110 entries right now, and it's basically set up like a pen show. Um, so one o'clock, uh, the show will start. Um, we've got a panel of judges that, that does all the judging, and basically it's just kind of a day to get out and, and you know visit with everybody, and um, you know bring the commercial guys out and, and, and look at cattle and do some judging, and you know just have some good hospitality and friendship, right? So. Um, that's the kind of how it goes on. We have supper at 5 p.m. Um, or after the show, whenever it kind of ends. And then uh, um, a new kind of deal, kind of my little brainchild for this year, I wanted to do something more um, to bring more people in and, and people from outside the breed and, and, and juniors and youth in. So we're doing a, it's kind of like a junior youth judging competition so it kind of runs, there'll be, I think, 17 classes to, to judge, and uh, they can judge alongside the judges and then get points all day um, for that. So it's broken into juniors, intermediates, and seniors. Um, we've got some really good prizes um, with good sponsorship for the day. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of the kind of the deal, right? So. Tell us a little bit about your, your farm there at RSK and, and what you guys do there. Uh, well, we, I mean, like we're just hosting this year, so... I mean, um, we're we're a, kind of a family farm, I guess. We do a bunch of grain and hay, and uh, we breed about 180 cows every year. Um, uh, Pulled Hereford and uh, and Black Angus uh, purebred herds. Now um, we run a pretty extensive embryo program uh, with our commercial cows, um, and uh, you know, a female sale every fall and a bull sale every spring. So that's kind of our deal. Um, it's more of a Field day is more about the Manitoba Herefords, so we're just the host. Um, but uh, it's all about the Manitoba Hereford Association and promoting Manitoba genetics too is another another big big part of it, right? So. And if people are interested in attending, I guess talk a little bit about how they um, the location there and and how they can uh, find you. Um, so the um, our our uh, the field day location is kind of where we have our sales every year in the. Uh, our yard north of Douglas, so we're five miles north of Douglas. Um, the show is going to start at, at one o'clock, um, and like I said, we have about seventeen uh, classes, and that's all heifer calves, yearlings, uh, bull calves, uh, two-year-old females, and mature cows, um, as well as all the group classes. Um, and then there's a supper afterward. Uh, Twenty-five dollars for the supper because we get it catered out. Uh, Smoking sauces doing it. We're pretty happy to have them on board, and uh, and yeah, so that's kind of kind of how it is. Um, we've got lots of really good sponsorships throughout the day. 
big list of sponsors, um, as far as just industry sponsors, um, um, that help us out through the year. Uh, and then, uh, as well as all the, the breeders that have, you know, throw money in the pot to, to sponsor the classes and stuff like that. So. All right. Excellent. Um, is this the first time you've, you've hosted? Uh, this will be our second time hosting it. Um, last time we hosted it was in 2012 and, uh, we, we actually had it in conjunction, um, with the world Hereford conference. Um, and it, it, that kind of deal happens about every four years and it's kind of somewhere oh, around the globe every four years. And just happened. It was in Canada that year in 2012. And, um, they have a pre-tour, which is like two weeks long, and you tour one side of the country, and then you go to the conference and the show, and then they have a post-tour, and we were part of that post-tour stop. So it was kind of a little different deal last time, just based on like there was there was two busloads of international guests that showed uh, last time. So that was kind of neat um, to do. But yeah, it was 10 years ago when we hosted it last. So Anything else that uh, you wanted to, to mention here about the event or... Um, no, just come on down, and uh, if uh, you want a judge too, you're welcome to judge alongside the, the judges as well, and and just you know get out and visit with all the breeders, and if you're looking to looking for to add a new Hereford bull or something to to your operation, then it's a good good spot to start. Um, you know, uh, with with Manitoba breeders as well. So, are you still accepting uh, entries, or is that closed off? Um, no, the entries have have closed. Um, for the cattle part of it, um, our book has gone to print already. Okay. Um, but I will be accepting entries for the junior part um, if, if there are some more juniors that are interested in, in coming to it. That's kind of where we're at with that. Um, like I said, our sponsors were very generous in, in helping us get some prizes for the kids and everything. So, um, you know, kind of want to make that part about about them. And, you know, you can they can gain some more experience judging uh, and, and analyzing cattle and, uh, you know, they, they get to come out and see, you know, maybe, the, maybe they'll fall in love with Hereford. That was Andrew Kopichuk with RSK Farms, which will be hosting a Manitoba Hereford's field day this Saturday, five miles north of Douglas. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The Canadian Cattle Association semi-annual meeting wraps up tomorrow in Penticton, British Columbia. CCA officer Tyler Fulton says they expect to hear about a possible alternative to an insurance-based risk management program that's being looked at for the future and will be tested in Alberta. This is, I think, a broader revenue-based insurance, so not just price, but also, you know, your production. Um, and it's really just, I think, uh, a pilot program to figure out whether or not um, it's a model that could work um, going in, you know, going forward in, in future years. He notes there's a lot of topics to talk about on the domestic egg front, including the new business risk management tools, as well as ecological goods and services programs. And Manitoba's canola crop remains quite variable in terms of staging. Justine Cornelson is agronomic and regulatory services manager with Brett Young. When 
when we get into certain areas, it's still in full flower and, and others are into full pod now. So it, it is going to make for an interesting fall. Um, you know, we're going to be seeing canola come off at, at varying stages and, and hopefully bulk of that crop can actually mature in the end. Down in the south, I was actually out disease surveying the other day. A um, little too soon for that. So we, we haven't really hit that ideal swath timing yet. There's some that'll be close to that 60% seed color change. So I, I imagine we'll start to within the next week or so see some canola come down and swath. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.